You're listening to A Prophet, a collaboration between Sakhlain and Al-Hujja Islamic Seminary. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider becoming our patron by donating at sakhlain.org support. Now, one important thing that happens during the ascension is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mandates salah. Remember, up until Mi'raj, salah was not wajib on the Muslims. Yes, they were encouraged to pray, supplicate, but the five daily prayers that we have them as we do today, they became mandatory many years later. So those early Muslims, they didn't have to pray the five daily prayers like we do today. This became wajib later. When did it become wajib? During the ascension. During the ascension, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells him, Ya Rasulullah, I have my messenger, I have made prayer wajib on you and your ummah. Now, we have hadiths by the way, Sunni and Shia hadiths, that state initially, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made the prayers 50, not five daily prayers, 50. Allah told him, I've made it 50 salahs wajib on your ummah. And remember, honestly, that's not unjust. Because the whole reason why Allah created us is for what? To worship Him. So even if it takes, you know, if it takes you 15 minutes to do five, it's going to take you 150 minutes, let's say, to do 50. That's what? Three, four hours, right? Allah has given you 24. Even if you had to worship God four hours a day, that's what, one-sixth of your day? That's not unjust when Allah says the whole reason why I brought you is to worship me. The Prophet doesn't say anything to Allah. He's coming back, you know, from that holiest place in which you would have a conversation with Allah. He comes back, he meets Musa Musa tells him, Ya Rasulullah, I've got some advice to give you. I have experience with people, right? With, with my ummah, the Bani Israel. No chance they're going to pray 50. Go back to Allah, ask Him to reduce it. So he goes back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He tells him, Ya Allah, you know, Musa is giving me this advice and he's interceding on behalf of my ummah. Would you reduce the prayer? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Okay, I've reduced it to 45. So five, we're off the hook. He comes back, Musa tells him, Ya Rasulullah, no, 45 is still too much. I know them, they're not going to handle it. They're not going to observe it, except maybe just 1.001% of believers. The average person can't handle it. So he goes back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah keeps reducing it by five, 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 until five prayers. He comes back, Musa tells him, Ya Rasulullah, even five, I'm not sure they're going to do it. And subhanAllah, he's right. If you look at Muslims, 1.6 billion Muslims, how many of them pray the five prayers? Most do not. According to some estimates, nearly 60 to 70 percent of Muslims, they're not observant of their five daily prayers. Yes, and that's unfortunate. That's, that's, a, that's a tragedy actually. Yes, 30-40% is still a lot of people, right? We're talking about, I don't know, 500 million people, 600 million. Still a lot, but compared to the overall Muslim population, it's, it's saddening. 
Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi, he tells Musa, oh Musa, I'm ashamed and embarrassed to go and bargain with Allah. He reduced it from 50 to 5. I'm sorry, I'm not going to go back. He told him, look, I know they might not observe it. He's like, that's it, let's just leave it at 5. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does reduce the salah. Now there's an important observation here. Some scholars have an issue with these hadiths, even though there are many by the way, some of them actually are sahih, meaning they have a solid chain. Some scholars, a very minority of scholars, they have raised doubts about these hadiths, you know, if Allah, Allah knows best, right? Why do we need Musa to teach the Prophet to tell Allah that your ummah is not going to handle that? This doesn't make sense. And the Prophet knows better than Musa, he doesn't need Musa to teach him, so on and so forth. Our scholars have responded to these claims or to these objections. And there are several answers to this. The most valid answer in my opinion is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows from the beginning that the ummah can't handle 50, He knows that. However, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to honor Musa and Muhammad to show humanity the status of these two great prophets that because of them I eased the burden, so appreciate them. That's shafa'ah, that's a form of shafa'ah. And by the way, Sunnis who reject Shafa'ah, they've narrated this hadith in their own books. Musa who's dead, he did Shafa'ah, he interceded on our behalf to lift a burden. That's a form of Shafa'ah. Because Shafa'ah means an infallible, intercedes on your behalf. Yes? I was going to ask what's the English synonym for Intercession. Yes, that's how we usually translate it. Shafa'ah is intercession. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows, but He wants to honor Musa alayhi salam and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa That's why in this hadith, Imam al-Sadiq alayhi salam, in the end, he says, may Allah reward Musa for lifting the burden from this ummah. Allah wants to show their status, that's one way. Number two, okay, well couldn't the Prophet directly ask Allah? Why did Musa get involved here? See the Prophet, no messenger of God had the adab and the politeness and the etiquette of Prophet Muhammad He was on top. When it came to his akhlaq, you're of the utmost character, higher than all prophets of God. When Allah tells the Prophet that I've made something mandatory, the Prophet could not bring himself to ask to negotiate with Allah, he just couldn't. That's his akhlaq and his adab. And that's why one of the qualities of the Prophet by the way, is that he could not say no. He couldn't say no. Imam Zayn al-Abidin that was one of his qualities, he never said no. And that's why Al-Farazdaq, the famous poet in that poetry he says, مَا قَالَ قَطُّ مَا قَالَ لَا قَطُّ إِلَّا فِي تَشَهُدِي he never said no, except when he said there is no God but Allah. That's the only no you'd hear from Imam Zayn al-Abidin. He never turned anyone. And the reason by the way that the Prophet married Hafsa, the daughter of Umar, is because he couldn't say no. Umar came to him, some other companions came to him, Ya Rasulullah, you know, she was divorced by the way, she was a divorcee. Apparently historical accounts tell us, you know, because of her akhlaq, 
no one was interested in marrying her and Umar was concerned, he came and he begged the Prophet, Ya Rasulullah, no one's gonna take care of my daughter, please would you marry her? The Prophet couldn't say no because of his akhlaq, he just kept his head down, Umar said, the Prophet has agreed, he announced it, Khalas, that's how it happened, he couldn't say no, so even to that extent with Allah, he did not want to negotiate, but now here's the, th so here's how it worked, but when he came back, now Musa asked him, Musa alayhi salam came and he said, Ya Rasulullah, I have a request from you, go and ask Allah to reduce it. So when the Prophet goes to Allah, this is the wording he used, he said, oh Allah, my brother Musa asked me to come to you and I don't want to turn him away. See the politeness of the Prophet So the Prophet, it's as if he's telling Allah, I, I can't negotiate with you, but Musa sent me and I don't want to put him down, so Allah accepted that shafa. So I personally don't find any problem with these hadiths, especially we have a lot of them, it's not just one or two or three, Sunnis have narrated this, Shias have narrated this, we have solid hadiths from the Ahlul Bayt peace be upon them, like I said you'll find maybe one or two scholars finding this problematic. Yes, they, yeah, but I, I honestly don't find any issue, do you find any problem with it given the explanation we've talked about? You find a problem with it? What's the problem? Yeah, but Allah wants to show, their, to show us their status, that's shafa'ah, Allah, you know Allah, See, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to do, put a favor on this ummah, really, that I've lifted many burdens, by the way Allah lifted many burdens from this ummah through the Prophet this is not the only one, many other burdens Allah lifted from this ummah like the very strict sharia of the Jews, Allah changed that in Islam, the strict sharia, you know according to some Jewish sharia, if najasa like urine would touch your skin, to purify it, you couldn't use water, you had to cut it, yes, yes, this is in the Jewish law, because the Jewish people, they were stubborn with their prophets, they would reject, Allah would make it more difficult for them, initially, initially, initially it was easy, Allah gave them a normal sharia, they kept arguing with their prophets, killing prophets and Allah to punish them made it a difficult sharia, so when the Prophet came, Allah lifted those burdens, Allah says in the Quran, he, he removes the shackles from you, He lifts the burdens from you, this is one of those examples in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala could have made prayer you know difficult for us like that, but Allah is saying look there's a favor on you through your messenger, know his value, because of the Prophet I've lifted the burden from you, I didn't have to but to honor him I did, so yes, Allah does know better than Musa and anyone else, but Allah wants to show us the status of the prophets. So no, so we all remember that these prophets have big favors on us. Exactly, we get our religion from them. Like I said, you'll find some who might find this problematic. I personally don't find it problematic. You know, there's nothing that is you know illogical in this hadith or problematic, especially since we have a lot of sources, if it was just one source in some unknown book 
with an unknown source, okay, you know, we could have probably dismissed it, but we do have some solid chains for this. In any case, this is not part of usul al-deen where you have to believe in it. If you, if you find yourself accepting it, you can accept it. If you find it problematic, just say Allah knows best. Don't reject it, just say Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. So we do have, you know, many hadiths that tell us Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made salah mandatory and this is how it happened. The adhan by the way, before that there was no adhan. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala during the ascension also uh, showed the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa how to do the adhan. Even the acts of salah by the way, without getting into too much details, even the acts of salah, why do we pray the way we pray? The takbira, one ruku', two sujoods, because the Prophet when he saw the glory of Allah, he did the takbira. He did one ruku' when he saw layer after layer of light being removed for him to see the glory of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he would do ruku' and submit to Allah. He did two sujoods. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala added these prayer acts because of how the Prophet worshipped Allah in the, in the journey uh, of Al-Mi'raj. So the Adhan was also shown to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa he was taught the Adhan during that trip.